Within our world are creatures we cannot hope to comprehend. Science refuses to recognize them as fact, but Hollywood sees this as an easy cash grab. Now, join these three men as they venture into these attempts at success. You will witness the good, the bad, and the strange as you are now venturing into Cryptic Collectors. Welcome one and all to Cryptic Collectors, where we investigate the only ghost that has a pouty mouth. And I'm talking about Toire no Hanako-san, or roughly translated, Hanako of the Toilet, originating from Japanese urban legends. Not to be confused with me of the toilet. (laughs) And not to be confused with the James Rolfe video, it came from beneath the toilet of a giant shit monster. What? Seriously? Yeah, that exists. Cinemassacre made that movie, and it's it's definitely a funny movie to think of it as a I assume it was inspired by the shit demon from Dogma. No, this is way before that. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Don't be. It's it's funny though. I will say that, and it's kind of interesting that he viewed it as like a lost '50s B movie too. (laughs) See, see what happens when you mix toxic waste and turds. Uh, Anyways, getting back on track. So, toilet. Toire no Hanako-san, or Hanako of the Toilet, is a blend between a yokai and a yurei, believed to be the spirit of a young girl from World War II who was killed during an airstrike, or a girl who was bullied and pushed to suicide inside of the girl's bathroom in the third stall. And legend has it that if you knock on the third stall in the girl's bathroom and call out... Hanako-san, Hanako-san, are you there? And you get a reply. It's most often, hey, Shab, I'm, I'm shitting in here. <laughs> <laughs> I got diabetes. But if she replies, you can open the stall door, and a couple things might happen. One, she might emerge from the toilet and scare the piss out of you, or in a more ghastly outcome, will actually come out of the toilet and pull you back in with her to some rendition of hell. Which is just the toilet system of the school. Pretty much. <laughs> Which yeah, I can't think of a worse kind of hell, honestly. Yeah. Now, one thing I have to say is, j- thanks to Japan, I'm terrified of public bathrooms. <laughs> I mean, the toilets themselves the are already a squat, problem enough right? as it is. Yep. You mean can the you... ones that squat, right? Yeah. Yes. No, no, just of all of them. Like, can you just imagine going to, to a Japanese ba- bathroom? You see a guy waiting there, and, he, and you ask, so... uh is the one at the end there open? Ah, it's haunted by a schoolgirl. I want the first one. It's haunted by a ghost to ask you if you want red, red or blue, blue paper. Don't answer. Or get, kill you. Want the middle one? Ah, it's just not working. <laughs> no, no. You could have said it. It's like, well, it splashes you. And then he just look looks at the other ones. He's like, give me the one with the toilet paper. Because <laughs> I've heard, cause I've heard <laughs> of toilets that like basically splash your ass <laughs> while you're using it. And like, now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. When you go to Japan, you actually have to have your own your own personal roll of toilet paper because a lot of the bathrooms, especially public bathrooms, will not have toilet paper. So that sounds like New York. Have, it was though. a deal they made with. It was a deal they made with the ghost. Probably. I mean, that would be a good financial scam. 
Yeah, look, look, you got, the fact you guys have toilet paper in the bathroom is just ruining business for me. All right. So how about you just make sure <laughs> they don't have any so I could do what I do. I, that way, you know, we don't aren't interrupting each other's business. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the other thing I really like about um, Hanako-san is that, again, it's very, you know, much like the slip mouth woman, there's a very grounded concept of it of a possibly a young child being bullied and we all know the pain of dying in a bathroom especially after wings yeah if the horrible death won't get to you the loss of dignity will first off if you eat that much wings there's no dignity left in you and god forbid god forbid if you were like in that store with her and then you had dysentery oh boy but what about elvis i mean did he it's kind of debatable whether or not any dignity is lost from him just dying on the toilet i want to go to elvis's haunted bathroom i want that <laughs> you know i actually visited his uh pool yeah so i want to knock on the bathroom i want to knock on his bathroom door three times and then i start here hearing burning love in the distance no <laughs> you, no you he opens the door he'd be like you got a peanut butter jelly <laughs> want peanut butter jelly? <laughs> also dad you went to his pool what <laughs> yes yes i was a little I was a little tiny sippy back then. I was... He was just a sip. Yes, I was just a sip. And my folks and I, we went to... I I forget where it was. I think it was in Tennessee, just uh, for a little vacation. And we visited Elvis's house. And in the Yes, and I when I was younger. And me, being the little... (laughs) Me being the little troublemaker that I am, or wabus, as they would say in Polish... I took off my clothes and wanted to jump in. <laughs> that's how Elvis' soul gets you. Oh, that's wonderful. That's great. I literally stripped down and was about to take a dip in Elvis Presley's dirty, abandoned pool. Oh, God. Oh, that's me. That's beautiful. I don't know what came over me. I, I don't even remember the experience. I only remember what my parents told me. Because I was like, what? Four? I have so many questions, my friend, and I know you're not going to answer them. Because I probably don't have the answers, let alone do I want to know what those answers are. <laughs> it's like you see his pool. It's like, it's be, you're, like you see his pool, and I'm like, I must show my dick. <laughs> It's like the spirit of Elvis just came up to me. <laughs> little toddler me and said, little less conversation, little more action. A little more action. <laughs> maybe he possessed you the whole time. Maybe, maybe. But then again, when it comes to ghosts and water, I'm thinking of a different ghost, which is not this one. Because that's... <laughs> that's like a limited space so we're filled with water. The other one I'm t- thinking about is like a river or a lake i'm talking yeah, about plus now. that was elvis water you don't want to dip in that <laughs> yeah i don't want to uh, i I'm, if you were possessed by elvis I, i'm sad that it never turned into the situation like in south park where Ike got possessed by billy mays and michael jackson <laughs> <laughs> so i'm trying to figure out how this start how this conversation led to elvis when we were talking about a japanese ghost i mean the fact that he died on the toilet that's one thing but, but, on the, but on the topic of um, Adderall, who was the writer of the manga Toilet Bound, uh, we didn't talk about the we didn't talk about this series. Oh, we just talked about the ghost. We we haven't talked about what we're actually reviewing. I know. I was actually that's yeah. why I was going to transition into that. You motherfucker. But um, 
But that would lead us also into the manga as well as the topic of today, which would be the anime. I have not read the original manga. Uh, the writer writer is named um, Idol Roll, which um, I guess he doesn't want to reveal his full name, which I could certainly. Yeah, and the series we're reviewing is Toilet Bound Hanaku Kun, by the way. Yes, he apparently has had a couple of um, a couple of uh, mangas over the past couple of years. Like he, one of his earliest ones from 2013 was called My uh, Dear My Living Dead. I have not read it myself, but um, it was just a one shot, and apparently this was like sort of a sort of like an experiment that led to Hanako Kun. But again, I can't say how good that story is. And of course, once he wrote that, it became relatively successful, spawning uh, one spinoff and a couple more like uh, very soon. So I'm glad that he's definitely successful working alongside with the publisher Square Enix on it. Now, I actually wanted to bring up the, I actually brought the series up as one of the suggestions to review simply because it's one of the bigger, biggest uh, adaptions of an, of a Japanese urban legend. Then also two things of recent has brought, brought this up first off i actually didn't know the series existed until our until our friend lifu who voices bell in my animations she's also a vtuber introduced me to the series and for a while now the series kind of went unnoticed basically or at least the anime version has but i started to notice like an uprise especially at conventions where people started to dress up as the characters from the series and then just not too long ago this is the big reason outside this that they announced a remake of the anime would you say that like um, Hanako Kun is starting to, like get get like more of a cult following slowly? Like it's not quite at a full one, but it's starting to get there. If I had to guess, something big happened in the manga to draw in more attention. It's, a similar thing happened to Record of Ragnarok after the fight between Je Jack the Ripper and Hercules, which drew in a lot of readers. Yeah, it certainly drew in me. You see. <laughs> <laughs> I think the one fight that said got me interested, but then, uh, I mean, before Jack the Ripper was Sasaki Kojiro versus Poseidon. And then afterwards, um, Jack the Ripper versus Ericles, that did it for me. It, I was set for life on this series. And I'm already up to date with the manga, and I am God, so I excited. I need to catch up so badly. You need to catch up! I yes, swear I to God. The last one. 300. Holy shit. Yeah, God, yeah, God, I need to catch up on that. But anyway, <laughs> but but anyway, now another thing is we I was debating if we should say this for like our inaccurate depictions, but other than like the gender bending, it's pretty close to the sort it's pretty close to the to the legend, especially considering Hanako Kun is connected to what's considered the seven wonders. Now here's the thing. I don't think uh, the gender reversal really uh, affected the character that much because on the whole, Hanako-kun is exactly what I expect from a Hanako-san ghost rendition because Hanako-san is, I mean, when she's not pulling people's heads into toilets and dragging them to hell, is more of a mischievous yokai. The kind who, like, teases back against any bullies and offers up righteous justice against uh, those who would um bully the weak i guess kind of like a kind of like a tanuki almost almost yeah so if anything from what i see in this hanako kun and his background as the top dog of these seven wonders the one who keeps them in line while also being a bit of a smart ass and well also dresses as an ss soldier yeah and <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, bringing back the World War II aesthetic <laughs> and to the origin of the story. But yeah, being the mischievous little crap that he is, no pun intended. <laughs> or maybe pun I, was honestly, intended by you, but you don't want to admit it. Yeah, I honestly enjoyed his character, to be honest. Yeah, actually, I loved his character because some of my favorite characters in anime always like the trickster and mischievous type of characters, and you hardly ever see them as the lead. And not only that, there's a whole lot more depth to his character than just his mischievous side, because later on, as the series goes on, you get to see that there's a whole lot more to him and a lot that he's um, hiding from the rest of the cast. Yeah, right. And And as the series continues, you get those little bits and pieces and you start putting the puzzles together, you know? Right. And I guess before we continue on that further, I guess we can now finally start talking about the anime fully and giving our initial thoughts for going further, because I got to say, I loved this series. My one complaint is that I felt the series was too short, but I can understand because this manga is still going on, and I guess they didn't have enough time to really... Well, if anything, it should have been a success because the animation is beautiful. Yes, it is gorgeous. The line art is just profound, and it just brings the characters to life from the background itself. Absolutely. And additionally, too... It's very faithful to the manga because it has that the same style. Like, it almost feels like, from what I have seen of the manga, it's almost like page for page, almost like it, it yeah, really actually, looks like the manga I, come to life. Yeah, so I like it kind of is a mix of both animation and motion comic, in a way. It does have a little bit of a motion comic uh, feel to it. Yeah, but what the best part to me is the coloring of this anime. Yeah, it's very so bright, so vibrant. vibrant. But I it mean, can it go dark when needed. Right I mean, it's very clear, very like again, it pops out of the background, so kind of like a picture book, like one of those uh, pop up books. Maybe a little bit of a kamishibai, if you guys are familiar with that. Yeah. Paper theater. Yeah, yeah, paper theater. Thank you. And also, I had to say, how great is that opening theme song? That theme song is awesome. I jammed awesome. that when it came out. Yes, I did the same. Any single time I was watching an episode, I had to keep st- I had to watch the opening and jam the fuck out of it. Yeah, actually, the music in this whole series is fantastic. I really love it. Now, thoughts on the characters? I mean, I think we've already said like how much we love Hanako Kun as a character, and I guess we continue going further with that. And the, like you said, please talk like, about the lead three. Yeah. Yeah, I know that there's Nene uh, Yushido, the little hopeless romantic that decides to um, swallow a mermaid scale. And turning her into a fish, and she makes a deal with Hanako-kun where she gets her bot, where she gets her physical form back, but she must remain as his uh, servant of sorts. Kind of like a gopher, I think. Yeah, kind of. And because she's the one who's uh, stuck cleaning the toilets on the side of being a gardener. And not only that is also key to helping Hanako um, keep all the other spirits in line. Also, I just got to say this right now. It's so nice to see female characters that are just more girly. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like just like not really tomboyish anymore. Because I've been noticing a lot with an- not just anime, but a lot of um, media lately that there's been this huge. Those, those aren't obsession. tomboys. Now, here's the thing. I mean, tomboys like Tomo-chan from Tomo-chan as a girl. Yeah. They have their own charms. I actually love the character of Tomo in that. And I think they visualize. Also, none of my tomboys are good enough for you. (laughs) Okay. Well, yours are are different. Yours are an exception. 
Yours are different. Yeah, Tom not only are they tomboys, they're also they're also gender bent. Okay? She's the alpha. She's the alpha in this demographic. Okay. Yeah. But when it comes to Nene, she's got that girly girl, dere dere her personality that um, is kind of kind of lost in it's kind of kind of lost yeah, now. I actually like the fact she's like this really. I really like that she's re- this really cutesy girl, but she's obsessed with scary stories and things like that. Hey, I mean, we all love her to talk about scary stories, especially with girls who usually are, like, scared of them. They can't even hear another word from the person telling the story without uh, just leaving the room for a couple seconds because they might get anxiety, like some people I know. Yeah. But I'm telling. <laughs> but, oh, my God. But, um... You bring up one thing interesting about Nene, too, about her liking, liking scary stories. I mean, that also goes along with her design because there's a nice contrast with her because she has this very cutesy look to her. And yet, when you, you'll notice some details. Like, for example, her uniform is black and white, and she has skull pendants on her uniform and as Approach, like a yeah. piece on her, hair, on her hair band. So... I like that little, like that little weird contrast when it comes to her as a character, and the design complements it perfectly. Yeah, speaking of designs, I really do like Hanako Kun's uh, design as well. Same, I like. I love like the old fashioned like schoolboy look they gave him. Oh, I generally thought it was like a general outfit. Uh, I, you know, I mean, it probably know, it was, is it, that. It did but... look like a very old school outfit, and it. Yeah, I liked his design overall. What I really hit, did again was uh, like his uh, little patch on his on one side of his cheek. Yeah, I always I always assumed that that was like perhaps um like I thought I would have liked a little bit of backstory there where they explained that I maybe th- I think it's a seal. Yeah, that's what I thought. Too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I thought that was maybe a seal from a long time ago, perhaps. Well, sadly, we're filthy anime watchers, not manga readers, so that's that's the downside <laughs> for us here. I'm not gonna lie; I actually love this um, this new story revolving around Toire no Hanako-san in the form of Toire no Hanako-kun. That being, it actually expands the universe that it's um, set in. It right. tells more about how the spiritual realm affects the living realm and how the living realm actually affects the spiritual in return through the use of rumors. And it's through these rumors that these spirits gain new powers or new forms, whether for good or bad. And a lot of and, the times yeah, I love that it's affected by the stories that are told about them. Right. Like yeah. what happened with um, one ghost from a later um episode again i'm not going to spoil it but something happens that actually changes not only the school's perspective of the said ghost but their form as well to reflect upon that and the thing is too is that the is that the seven wonders aren't the only ones who can be affected by this it could even be regular ghosts as well they can be affected by it and it could lead to either like them gaining almost godlyhood like powers or they can become horrific abominations as we see throughout the series. Now, I did want to ask a de- uh, Sippy, the the Seven Wonders actually are legends in Japanese le- in in Japan, right? Not really. I think this is uh, like something completely I, original. I, I thought I read somewhere that there are like so there are like legend. There are like similar legends that evolved around Hanako Kun as not Hanako San. Well, it really depends uh, by word of mouth, of course, because like I said, it's the extent of what Hanako San will do when you try to conjure her is either scare you or kill you by yeah. dragging your head into the toilet. 
Yeah, I bring this up because in another manga I read, Bad uh, Bad Girl Exorcist Rania, uh, they actually talked about the Seven Wonders. You know, there's actually another one, a horror online game that became a manga called Hinganbana no Sakuyoru ni, or roughly translated, The Unforgiving flowers blossom in the dead of night that is the best name i could honestly think yeah seriously (laughs) that's a long ass name but that's an awesome name yeah it's from the same publisher of higurashi no nakokoroni or when they cry or also roughly translated when the cicadas cry and that's by oh seventh expansion and it also follows the same kind of format for the world building around the spiritual realm because there's like a uh I guess some sort of like a, a seven wonders sort of formation in the spirit realm. And it follows this one girl who becomes one of those seven wonders. And uh, oddly enough, it's also based on Toyota no Hanako-san. Although in this version, it's called Meso Meso-san or um, Little Miss Crybaby. <laughs> basically in this story, the the ghost of Miss Omiso-san is that of a bullied schoolgirl who kills herself or is killed inside of a toilet stall. And when you go into the toilet and you hear a um, voice saying, would you like to listen to my story? Then yeah. if you say yes, she will come out and she will drag you in. Yeah. Now, was she bullied by Tony McGuire? I've been noticing he's been <laughs> kind of bullied. Actually, she was bullied by her. Uh, no. She was uh, bullied not only by her classmates, but she was also, oh, I don't know if I should say this. She was capital R, lowercase a, hypotheses P. Uh, we we get it. We get P. what you're saying. We get what you're saying. We we get it. Yes. By her school teacher. Oh. And, and apparently anybody can become Meso Meso-san, depending on how they die. So now the school teacher and this bullied girl are kind of like in a competition of sorts headed by this one sadistic little doll. And she's pretty much, um, was it Chucky? No, <laughs> really? Why Chucky of all of all the dolls you can think of that? that I say that's just a she's normal much thing to say. Keeping like who exactly gets the, the role and her name is, well, Higanbana. She is a little doll that whose true form is that of a beautiful um, black-haired beauty in a red dress. And she's the most sadistic one of them all. She holds rank three among the seven. Actually, and, I'm not sure this up. And she says uh, that, okay, so here's the thing. You guys are going to compete, but the first, the one who gets the role will become Meso Meso. The other one, well, let's just say it's not going to end well for you. You know, for something that's like more of a loose adaptation of Hanako-san, I mean, I mean that honestly could be like a yokai, a new yokai in and of itself. But like, here's the thing: this is only a one segment of the entire story, because Higambana actually um, oversees different story arcs within the series, so it's not just um, completely yeah. based on the Meso Meso arc. Right, and so it's just like Higurashi, where it has all these different story arcs of different um, um, events that occur with the same characters. Mm-hmm. Higambana actually revolves around certain stories with different characters, different arcs, different characters. Right, 
And the thing, and going, rewinding back a little bit to when you guys were talking about the Seven Wonders, I mean, technically some of the Wonders that are used in this series, there may not be an exact version of them in real life, but they're still based on very familiar yokai. I mean, for example, one of them was based on the Kitsune, which of course is a very well-known yokai in Japan named yes, Yako. Right. Yeah. Now, another thing I really like, I won't go too deep in it, but I like how they talk about how destiny works for people in in this story. Yeah, because the, the thing is, some things are destined to happen, but there can be some cracks, there can be some exceptions where people will go against what destiny has lied for them. And, always, and it always comes down by one simple thing, choice. Or which, breaking the cannon. Or breaking the cannon, that's it. <laughs> and the dog agree, disagrees with me, apparently. <laughs> sorry, sorry. But I love the idea of that choices really come more towards our own, uh, that faith more is all based on the choices that we make, as opposed to things c completely being destined in the stars for us. Exactly. Now, another thing I don't want to, I didn't want to talk about because I figured we start this war since the anime episode. Subbed or dubbed? I say dubbed because it's superior. I say subbed, hands down. And really. It really, really depends on how good that dub is because I if, actually really like a lot of the voices, especially yeah, for Hanako Kun, especially Tia Ballard as Nene. I really enjoyed. Yeah, I think a lot of the voice cast itself isn't bad, but it's just that writing just it, it did not do it for me. Yeah, I, I, it also depends on the writing because sometimes when you act a certain line, it does not translate as well, and that's why sometimes dub suffers more than sub. And I do feel bad because there is one other, like, other mainly that we've kind of forgot to talk about, and that's uh, Minamoto, but a lot of that's because he's admittedly not as interesting as Nene or Hanako. I mean, I like him he's as, a like, fun a fun character. He's a fun character, like, as an exorcist who tries really hard to get out of his brother's shadow and prove that he could be more than that, but he's, he's kind of the third wheel, unfortunately. And although he they really do, is. there is a great story with him and one particular ghost. That's very heartbreaking. No, been, mm -hmm. no, I have been noticing this trend for a lot of uh, and for a lot of anime and manga that there's always a lead, there's always a team of three as the leads. Yeah, I mean, I'm currently doing what, that with my own story, as you know, Will. Shame on you. <laughs> hey, hey, you, you, you enjoy enjoy the characters I make with that, so don't give me that shit. Yeah, still, I, I figured I figured I'd shame you. Fuck you. <laughs> Minamoto, though, he's a good character. I just wish that he had a lot more to work with. But again, that's because of how short the series is. So I can't yeah, give yeah. too much slack on that. All right, actually, I got a question for you guys when it comes to this. Now, you know, if you introduce someone to anime, would you start? Would you recommend Han Hanako-kun first, or would you recommend something else? Hmm, it depends on... Because I feel like it's not too over-the-top to introduce someone that's still that that's new to anime. I'd say more yeah, so. I would honestly recommend it. It's it's got a good premise. It's got a um pretty good um animation to start off and pretty good characters as well. Yeah, I would say I and would I would mm -hmm. I would recommend this to those who are like supernatural nuts at least. That's, those yeah. who love the supernatural and are also getting into anime. So this would be a great um yeah. or if you to... like a bit of a horror adventure comedy. Yeah, like as okay, but here's the mm. thing. I need to ask: Would you recommend this or Ghost Stories? <laughs> the, the Ghost Stories on a whole different level. <laughs> no, but here's the thing: If you wanted to introduce them to anime, go somebody who is interested in the supernatural. Would you? 
would you introduce them to Anakukun or Ghost Stories? And I'm talking about the I'm talking about the dub, baby. I know. Yeah, well, to be fair, I think that might just overhype anime for the future if they watch the ghost if they watch ghost stories first, then they'd be a little disappointed as they go forward. Oh god. Oh, this is god. as funny as that. Oh god. But to answer your question, Crooked, I wouldn't necessarily say that I would make this a good introduction when it comes to anime overall, because to be honest, there's plenty of much better examples out there. But I would say this is the perfect gateway for anyone interested in yokai and Japanese um, supernatural stories. This series, I think, would be a great start to that. Because it very much reminds me of a shorter and more compact version of Gegege no Kitaro. Which is, yeah, that, of course, the godfather of that genre that, Hanak- that Hanako-kun is clearly inspired off of. And I think it's like it serves it serves as being almost like a modern day take on that. Yeah, what's funny is we keep on saying that it's a short it's a short series, but we're but we're talking about the anime, not the manga, which I still think is ongoing. Yeah, the manga is still going. It's been going on um since yeah. it starts started in June of twenty fourteen. Yeah, I was yeah. Oh wow, it's been that long. Yeah, it's been almost ten years. Jesus. Yeah. Also, uh I figured I'd bring this up and mention why they are doing the remake. Apparently, the season that we watched was out of order compared to the manga. At least that's why I heard. But again, this isn't too uncommon. Goblin Slayer did this as well. Hell, it happened with Batman the Animated Series. It was at, some of its episodes were actually done out of order. Yeah, no, but I mean, like this is like the stories they're adapting that are out of order, not the actual anime itself. Ah, okay. Yeah, say like I said with Goblin Slayer, the final battle in that was actually meant to happen way earlier into the series, but they saved it for the final because it was more of an interesting final than than what was actually supposed to have been the final. Yeah, and it showed, and it would have showed how uh, Priestess has come a long way. Yeah, exactly. So narrative wise, it was it was the right choice. Yeah. So and that's kind of, and I guess something similar happened to. The anime to the Hanako-kun anime, but I haven't read the manga, so I can't really say how out of order it is and if it worked better this way or if it's it or if the or if the manga did it a lot better. Yeah, right. Yeah, I do hope that um, whenever we do get this uh, reboot eventually, that it has the same type of charm and style that we got from this anime because this is honestly going to be really hard to top in terms of quality. And. I know, and you know, one thing I like about the series is, you know, no other anime looks like it. No, not that I could think of. It has a very distinct style to it. And I always think that's what makes for a great anime series, because a lot of times anime will look it will look similar to each other, unless you unless you are a fan of shonen, which will often have unique styles in each one. Yeah, and additionally to the like, I know we talked about this earlier, but the animation, uh, specifically done by Studio. Uh, Lurche, they did an amazing job with translating this the comic, the manga into an animated series. And apparently, I mean, they've been doing this for quite a while. I mean, probably their other most well known work would Monster Musume, which is, of course, uh, became a big thing in 2015. My favorite, it's my favorite thing, of course, it is. Oh, I know it is. Shut <laughs> up, stop judging me. I, I, I'll judge you forever. I want to, motherfucker. And Dan, I, uh, Sippy, back me up. I don't I don't know. King Shaming is kind of my kink, so by all means, keep going. You pervert. <laughs> I like to watch. I, I have more I have more class than you, Mr. Crooked Law. Yeah, no, oh, there is uh one scene I wanted to talk about. This is actually more of a 
one-off joke in it, but I, but it made me question things. Where when the first episode, Hanako Kun was using a romance book to kind of to show her what what to do, and one idea was to leave a love letter with things she's grown, and she's le- and she left in vegetation, which particularly cu- cucumbers and and tomatoes. And mm-hmm. I could not but say, you know, if I saw cucumbers and tomatoes on my desk with a note that says "Thanks for the other day," I'm gonna assume the worst. And in fact, they make a reference to that, that that it could be the worst. That could lead to some kind of joke. So I think even um, Hanako-kun himself made that joke in that same story, if, I'm not, if I remember. Like, trust me when we say this. This this series is not afraid to go to that t- those type of jokes. They're subtle, but they're not afraid. Yeah, this series is hilarious. Yeah, just, it, it is. is very funny. Like, the humor is like my kind of humor. It's nicely uh it's all about banter but yet at times it has its over-the-top moments like i think it's, my this guy so it's the guy's not weird i kind of compare it to why i like futurama you know it could be it could be really funny but it when it needs to be it can be serious yeah and i think that makes for a lot of the some of the best anime is when it could have its humor but that it knows when to pull up the heartstrings konosuba never never learned that second part nope <laughs> Not at all. A lot of shows, for that matter, don't learn that second part. <laughs> and I also would like to mention, like, in terms of comedy, I think my favorite moments have always been when Hanako-kun is making fun of Minamoto in some shape or form. Like, alright, I won't try to fully spoil it here, but there's one there's one scene in the episode where Minamoto gets turned into a plushie. I remember, and, and, he, yes. and, and like the sad, like trombone, like the sad trumpet music plays, and he goes, he he fought very bravely. We will never forget <laughs> his sacrifice. I like her I response. Bu- he's actually kind of cute. He's actually kind of cute as a fleshy. Yeah, <laughs> it was a great moment, and I could, and I had to keep rewinding because I couldn't believe what I was hearing, and it was hilarious. Between that moment and the opening, you just rewound a lot in the series. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and uh, we were mentioning also about voice actors before, but um, should I also mention Hanako-kun's original voice actor, Megumi Ogaga, uh, Ogata, who's best known as Shinji from Evangelion. Oh, that's right. Yeah, uh, Megumi I'm is... actually not surprised whatsoever. Yeah, she's a veteran. Yeah, they got a legit veteran doing Hanako-kun's voice. Uh, she's also known... Yeah. She's also been Yugi Moto in Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, uh, Kurama in Yu Yu Hakusho and... and um, Makoto Naegi from Danganronpa. Yep. And also... Now, I believe in the... I say... Oh, sorry, go ahead. And also Sailor Uranus from Sailor Moon. God, Perfect. I hate saying it like that. <laughs> But when it comes to the English dub, I believe Hanako-kun is voiced by the same person that voices Midoriya in the My Hero Academia dub. You are correct. Yes, yeah, that I, is. Uh, I actually Justin really Arena. like him whenever he voices because he because he's often does a great job. I always love when he plays the more crazy characters. Yeah, I like his. Um, I've always I've always liked about Justin Bre- uh, Breener is his very youthful voice. It gives me a little bit of Vic Mignogna feels to it, and that it's that. Despite his age, he has this very teenage, youthful voice to him. Right. Kind of like Josh yeah. Keaton as Spider-Man. Yes, very much like Josh Keaton. Actually, I wouldn't mind if he voiced Spider-Man eventually. Yeah, or, or Yuri Lalfe. I can't pronounce his last name. For the guy who plays Spider-Man Yuri in, Yuri in the PlayStation games. That's it. Yeah, exactly. And I, you know, and I hope the best for him because I will say one thing about the dub. Um, his voice as Hanako-kun fit him very well. Yeah, I definitely agree. 
Yeah, and, he's played a lot of very youthful characters, even young versions of certain characters like Grisha Yeager from Attack on Titan. Yes, he's voiced him as well. Um, and yeah, I hope he goes on for a little bit more. And also you guys ma- mentioned uh, Tila, uh, Tia Ballard as Nene, who I also love her voice as well. Art, she played, I know that she played uh, that one cat from, uh, um, what was it? Was it that Space Inventor or was that um, Fairy Tale? Yes. Oh, yeah. oh happy, happy in fairy tale. Happy, that's it. Yeah, that, that's right. I'm yeah, actually yeah, she did a great job on that, actually. Yeah. Not I... only that, she also plays in oh, she plays Chiho <laughs> from Devil is a Part Timer. Yep. She perfect. plays Pishi from uh Hyperdimension Neptunia for all you <laughs> yeah, for... Nepturds out there. Yeah, and for and for any of you uh Hotem fans, she was also heiress and plant and cat planet cuties. Don't ask how I know about that one. Uh huh. There's a lot of judging coming from me right now. Fuck off. <laughs> but no, she's another really great voice actor, and I hope for more. Oh, and also Kana from Summer Wars, a little per- a personal favorite. And film Zero of mine. Two from Darling of the Franks. Yes. Wait, really? Yeah. That's right. Wow, That's that, that blows my mind. Honestly, she has a lot. She has a pretty. She has a really good range. Yeah, she really does. I guess that really uh, wraps things up. I mean, there's not too much to talk about with this series. I mean, we could, but that really goes into a lot of spoiler territory. Yeah, I think it, we could just leave it at that. Yeah, but yeah, it actually, is... Actually, I do have a, I do have an interesting way to end this, as you know, we do the rank, ranking and all that. Yeah, say so go ahead, though, finish up. I'll tell you in just a second. I was going to say, this is a great series to start off with if you want to know about Japanese yokai and just about Japanese mythology in general. It's... A great starting point. It's not an overly long series. Each episode is roughly half an hour, and it's only tw- there's only twelve episodes, so you could breeze through this in almost two days, like I did. Like I was now, like I was saying, since we're getting close to it in the episode, since the next our next episode is going to be a really big one. I guess we could say this is kind of the center point of our first season. So how about how about we review? How about we do this? How would you rate Hanakakun compared to what we've already reviewed? This is the best one by far. Like, out of all the stuff that we reviewed, this has been my favorite. I really enjoyed it. I love the animation style. I love the characters. I I really don't have anything off the top of my head that I can criticize about it. It's definitely something that you can introduce somebody who is a fan of the supernatural getting into anime. Are you telling me this is better than Carved Sippy? Please don't <laughs> go into that territory, or they will find you in a box. <laughs> Yeah. Are you aiming for right now with this comment? Are you? Where's my shovel? <laughs> so I guess, how would you guys then rank it out of two um, overly filled shit toilets out of five? <laughs> First, I'll keep Arby's out of this. I mean, <laughs> would, overly, would overly filled shits be a negative ranking in itself? Like a five out of five uh, shit filled toilets? Well, te- no, I mean, it's, it's, it's fitting for the character, so... Oh wow! Um, it's called toilet bound Hanako Kun. After all, I get that. I get and that. we know what comes out of. T- and we know what we see in toilets. So on our jobs every day. No, but here's the thing. Even though this came from the toilet, it was a <laughs> magical turd. If this is a rainbow turd, okay? A rainbow turd. <laughs> okay, that's it. I'm going to give it four rainbow turds out of five. <laughs> How am I going to top that? I'm gonna top that. Is there is there is the is the toilet is the toilet self made out of gold? Probably. I mean, uh, not a public bathroom. Remember, <laughs> it, 
the whole spiritual realm is based on rumors. So if you think it, it may happen. So probably next school day, they're going to say that, oh, Hanaka can actually rest in the third stall of the girls' bathroom. And guess what? This toilet is laced with gold. <laughs> so you know that <laughs> he's got the gold. He's got the he's got the riches. Oh god, I think I found the perfect thing to describe that for you, Sophie. I'm just gonna okay, so everyone's listening to this. I'll leave this like in the video. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, but um, I'm just gonna leave a little image here for Sippy to look at. There you go, Sippy. That's that's like that's your version of it. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that's everything you described. So wait, wouldn't that mean that Hanaka Kun is actually a leprechaun? I would not be opposed to that. <laughs> First off, that's cultural appropriation. We know we can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can. Is there such thing as a Japanese leprechaun? Hmm. Well, what would be the closest well, thing to that? Clearly, it's a Nakukun. Clearly, it's a Nakukun. If anybody finds out what a Japanese leprechaun looks like, link me pronto, okay? Yes, absolutely. We need to know what is the Japanese version of a leprechaun, and we need to know this now. So anyway, Ace, how would you rate it? I would rate it um, four, four shit-filled toilets out of five. Let's see, uh, how would I rate it? I would rate it five secret invasions out of five. Secret invasions? Oh, oh sorry, I thought we were talking about, I thought we were, sorry, I thought we were talking about turds. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, it is a turd. Well, but not the comic, the comic. Well, not the comic. Not the comic, but definitely the show. At this point, I stopped watching Marvel after Endgame. I stopped watching, I stopped. And, as, and as, a, hmm. as a side note, if you all want a good, Good at secret invasion style story involving superheroes. Watch Peacemaker on HBO. <laughs> I agree with that. Ben, if you also want some more good um, uh, cryptid stuff, um, there is a certain Kickstarter that recently got funded. So, a listener of ours called a cre- called a Creature Preacher recently did a Kickstarter for a plushie called Neshi Sofubi. It's not pl- it's not a plushie, it's a uh, soft... Like a vinyl. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, it's a kind of a vinyl. It kind of it kind of has the look of a plushie, though, to be fair. It does, it does, but yeah. I but no, it is a uh, type of is a type of figure, it's what may have a soft material. Yeah. And I think it's called a Sofubi or something like that. Yeah, and it's it's pretty much like a little uh, cutesy version of the Loch Ness monster. It's well sculpted and well detailed uh, for you know for such a t- tiny figure, and I can't wait for it to to get released because it's definitely something I'll definitely buy eventually. And additionally, and then it will match the then it will match our image. Like, shut the fuck up! <laughs> you said you said you said you didn't know why we had. Had you petting the Loch Ness monster in our thumbnail, but now it could come true. But Destiny. it's not. It's, it's not large so enough, though. It's like what, like a hand, like like as big as my hand. Like it wouldn't fit for that. He's he's a grower, not a shower. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, damn it! But. I would definitely recommend checking out his um, campaign and look forward to seeing th- those uh, little figurines being released in the future. Yep, sounds good. All right, so yeah. for our uh, actually, actually, as we fade off, will you add the flushing effect just for as a gag? <laughs> <laughs> sure, no problem. I can see if I can add that. 
instead of the yes. uh, usual sound. But for what if we, no, no, what no, if keep we the usual just, sound, just keep the yeah, usual sound. But we, you know, we, we're going flush. Yeah, <laughs> maybe like yeah. as we're ending the video, like we just flush ourselves. We leave an ad in the the voice at the end, or we do, but it's like slowly being flushed down the toilet. Yes, that. Yeah. Off to the land of turds we go. The land of turds we go. A turning we will go. A turning we will go. For some reason, I'm thinking of Lebby Wings from South Park. <laughs> I'm thinking more of Bono from South Park. But no, Mr. Mm -hmm. Hankey's um, Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Howdy there, everybody. This is Mr. Hankey. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Cryptic Collectors. And if you don't, well, you can suck my tiny little balls. <laughs> <laughs> but for next time though we are going to be having our first special on the show instead of talking about one one adaptation we are going to be talking about two and comparing sunday which... sunday or Su whenever sunday, we sunday. Air this. and comparing which of the two is the better adaptation and which one is more entertaining with our first installment of urban versus Get ready for Sunday to see Sippy fight against the Mothman hand to hand. I can't wait for this. I'm coming in with bare hands. And I'm talking bare hands. And the Mothman will be coming in with a delivery truck. <laughs> if truck anyone gets that joke, it's shameful. Truck good will not keep me from my destiny. <laughs> if anyone gets this that joke, shame on you. I'm taking a shit all over it. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much, everybody for joining us on this <laughs> toy toilet humor bound episode of cryptic collectors. Once again, my name is Sippy. I'm joined by Ace Baroque and apparently a dog. And I am William. Don't bother me. I'm on the toilet turning. <laughs> and this is cryptic collectors. To flushing out. out.